it's a huge honor for me today to have Arjun Singh, also known as Jim Singh, um, colloquially on uh, Instagram and on YouTube as well. Before we get into the video, please smash the like button, um, leave a comment, subscribe. You doing these things helps the channel out massively, helps the video get to more people so that more people can benefit from this content. So thank you in advance for that. You haven't had that long in powerlifting, right? Uh, no, no, no. It's only been two months. And uh, yeah, it's been a crazy two months because uh, the space between the two competitions was quite short. So very minimal prep time for each one. Yeah, which yeah. is quite, um, it's nice to get people at different stages in their journey. But how did that, how did that come about in terms of going from, going from, because usually you have blocks of training before you peak for competition, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, initially the first competition was kind of like no prep. So, uh, I literally, one of my friends, he, uh, lives in Derby and he trains at, do you know, Gad gym? Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. He trains there and he's do, he, do, he was doing a powerlifting meet and he just like, um, he just messaged me and he was like, I'm doing a powerlifting meet. Um, and then I, I went down to train with him once just to show him, cause I, I've always been interested in powerlifting. Um, and I knew, I think I have a, a decent amount of knowledge in the actual sport. So I was just, cause he's younger than me. I see him as like a little brother and we were just, I was just showing him the techniques and stuff like that. And then I thought to myself, okay, how about if I just do it with him, you know? So we did our first powerlifting meet, which was the 11th of July. Um, and then because of the COVID situation, we automatically qualified for the Euros, which was the 11th wow. of September. Uh, so literally one month and in that space of a month, uh, I kind of got, got down with, uh, how to train in that type of way, powerlifting like training. So, um, I wouldn't say. Uh, I had a block training for a month, basically. That first powerlifting comp was just go there and just basically treat it like a one rep max on each of my lifts, like I would in the gym if I was to test out my one rep max. So that first competition was kind of that. Um, but I was really upset that I couldn't um, perform a lot better for my first powerlifting comp. My dad always says as well, just do what, like, you want to do you know just don't don't think about it don't wait till you're ready you know so just just go for it so i just went for it you know that's kind of and i've never done powerlifting so what's your experience of that community in that competition it's uh it's a well for my first competition it's like uh it was it was kind of i was i was very nervous like I was really nervous. Like my dad could uh, tell that I was nervous and he was there to kind of like, uh, sort everything out. Uh, he was kind of the brains behind that day. I was kind of just there to lift what he chose the numbers and stuff like that. He thought, okay, I'll, I'll help you out a bit more there. But it, I was very nervous for my first competition. But then for my second, it was just like, I knew what to do. So it's just about getting it done. And, uh, I performed a lot better. But there's definitely more to come for my next comp. The atmosphere is pretty, pretty crazy. Like people are lifting a lot of weight as well. Like seeing somebody lift that much weight 
it just makes you have a more of a drive. What's your experience of racism? Oh, um, yeah. So my experience with racism, uh, as a youngster, I grew up, uh, to start with, I was born in Birmingham and then I moved into like the countryside. So there was a lot of Gore there. Um, and it was a very small village. So I went to this school and uh, I experienced racism as a child, but um, my dad has always said to me, or I, uh, always said to me like, okay, if somebody's being racist or, and he physically like tried to grab my, the start. So um, he said, don't, don't ever tolerate that. So I just, uh, I, I know I should, you shouldn't go straight to violence, but as a kid, I didn't know better. And I just straight up hit him in the face. So um, since then, every other person in that village uh, didn't really give me that much hassle after that because they knew that, okay, he's a bit, he's a bit of a nutter, isn't it? So if you if you try and touch his the start or say anything like that, and funny enough, the teacher uh, at that school, normally if there was a fight, um, the teacher would have both in detention, but they actually called him into into detention and made him read a book about Siki. So it was actually uh, really good in that part. Well done to the teachers for that. But yeah, I've experienced a decent amount of racism. But as I've got older, uh, I feel like you, everyone kind of does their own thing. Yeah, with the racism, I haven't actually experienced a lot myself. I know, obviously, coming from Birmingham, my my dad and like that generation above him as well, they, they experienced a lot more racism. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I, could, I understand that it's still alive today and that it's not, it's not, it's not, it's something that, the world is getting better with, but you're always going to have it around. If you know what I mean, it's never going to be gone. I don't, I don't think so, you know, cause you're always going to have that different mindset. Do you have any advice to kids of school age who are worried so, about it or going through it? Yeah. Yeah. So if you, if you were to look at it, um, from an outside perspective, um, a kid who is growing up, and experiencing bullying or experiencing racism on a regular uh, occasion, then I would say the first protocol is tell someone because if you don't tell anybody, nobody's going to know. And it's not a, a fact that it is a very hard thing to, first of all, tell somebody to uh, that's what, what's going on, you know, because it's easier said than done. But if you're getting bullied, you wouldn't really want anyone else to know that you're getting bullied kind of thing. But the first thing to do is either tell someone, whether that's a friend or your parents, parents are probably not the best people to tell. You might, might want to go to like an uncle or something, you know? Um, and then second, second thing to do is obviously learn self-defense. We've been taught that in, especially in Siki, we've been taught that straight from the get go. Um, a lot of guys will be a big, massive guys, but they, they won't know how to fight. And if you don't know how to fight, then, then you won't, you won't, like it's a very uh, big part of our culture. Well, our sicky, you know, to to have that um, fighters aspect, you know. Uh, so I'll say go to yeah. find find your local uh, either wrestling, MMA, boxing, or even the gym in general. Like make sure you get your cardio's up there as well. So prepare yourself properly. 
so then you can fight back if if that's an option uh, for you to do, you know. So I always I always say fight back. I would never say uh, push it to the side and don't worry about it. Uh, the I'll, I'll say first of all, it's, it's your parents, and your parents will probably say teacher, and then go from there the proper way. But all in all, if that doesn't work, then you're going to have to stick up for yourself eventually, you know. When I was in Bedford, I had these neighbours who were who were racist, and uh, one day we just ended up having a brawl in the street. Yeah, and after yeah. that, no one no one bothered me again. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They don't. <laughs> yeah. And and I also had a staff who looked very intimidating. So I think because of the dog and because okay. people knew thought I was a bit crazy, yeah, they yeah. um they they kind of backed off, which I think although it's maybe not the best advice, um I always told my son, if somebody hits you you should hit them back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. I think that's that's probably a quick way to stop a bully because bullies they they want an easy target. They want somebody mm -hmm. who's not gonna fight back. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, yeah. Up, a lot of up and they are quite timid as well and, and reserved, and, mm -hmm. and they don't have that. They don't feel confident in their own skin. Um, they maybe aren't as uh, gregarious and and social and have massive groups that they're hanging around with if they're in a predominantly white school. So they they are targets. A lot of bullies, they 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 kind of they bully because they've been bullied, you know, or something's going on with them either at home and stuff like that. So it's not always the fact that uh, a bully would just pick on somebody randomly. He'll pick on somebody obviously who can't defend himself. And then if some, like, let's say the bully gets picked on for being fat, he will then bully somebody either skinny or fat, you know, he wouldn't like that. That's mainly what would go on, you know? So you got to think of, you got to deal with it in a certain way where, you could like stop it straight away, you know, instead of, yeah. uh, cause, cause like, if you could just fight back, fight that person back, but then what's stopping them bullying you again? And you, are you willing to fight every weekend? Because like, cause you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't probably do that, you know? So you've got to think of other ways around it at the same time. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I say to my son that hurt people hurt people. So if someone's been hurt in their lives, then they, mm -hmm to try and hurt other people to yeah, yeah, compensate yeah. for what they've gone through. Mm -hmm. So I, I've, I made the, made the Jim Singh kind of page to, um, to kind of vlog what I can do, you know, and it's not really Jim Singh is me. It's kind of like Jim Singh can be anybody, any Singh that goes to the gym, you know? So that's why I try and push across that, like, I see myself in a little sing that's 14 years old that's starting the gym. I, I can see myself in that sing, you know? So I try and uh, always help out when I can. So you're vegetarian, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fully vegetarian. Yeah. There's a lot of stigma around being vegetarian. Vegetarians can't be strong. And I saw your lift in terms of your deadlift okay. is what, 240 kg or something? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, <laughs> if I talk about diet, I'll probably get like people will probably be like, whoa, you don't know nothing. But I don't, I don't actually know a lot about diet. I, I calorie count and realistic. I'm not going to lie to you. That's about it. I calorie count and uh, I make sure I drink enough milk, um, have enough nuts, and um, 
and ha- have all the essentials really but then after i've done eating all that if i've got any calories left i don't mind going for like uh, some chocolate crisps or whatever because like at the end of it I-, I know when it comes to prep before a competition i'll obviously dial it in a lot more but off season i kind of i don't really diet as much um it's kind of a thing where if you train hard and heavy um and you're getting the right amount of nutrients inside inside of your body and stuff I don't see an issue in you not getting stronger, you know, especially if you're starting out because newbie gains, they, they are the, probably the best gains you're probably going to make. So uh, if you're a skinny, if, you, if you're naturally a skinny guy, fast metabolism, I'll say it is very, I, I, personally, I've never experienced that. I would say I'm kind of like a endomesomorph, but um, if you are, a, if you guy with a fast metabolism, I'll say, you have to eat a lot, so especially as a veggie, you know, because I think eating meat uh, and eggs and stuff, that's kind of like eating the same food that you'll get from nuts, but it's just more, it's just like uh, quicker to cook and more accessible, you know, for people. That's why they lean towards having chicken, but there's, but there's loads of other things that you could eat as a vegetarian to get stronger. There's definitely there's a whole palette of stuff. If you, I know you've done a, a podcast with Veggie Gains. His Instagram shows you quite a lot about what there is for us to eat, especially. And he's he he cuts back the calories quite a lot. So if you look at his foods that he shows, um, they're low low calorie uh, meals. So yeah, big prop to him. But personally, for me, I know that if I had my diet in check, hundred percent of the time. I, I can achieve a lot, a lot more, you know. So I haven't reached my full potential, if if, if you put it that way. So I've still got to come a long way, you know. Yeah, I, th- I think it's encouraging for vegetarians to know that um, you can be muscular, you can be strong, yeah, uh, and be a vegetarian because people might want to do that for religious or cultural or uh, yeah, moral yeah, reasons or, or to do with the environment. Um, yeah, true, so- true. Yeah. So I think it's it's encouraging to know because when I went to university, you know, it, it wasn't as popular than veganism and vegetarianism mm-hmm. and the whole climate change movement. So if you were muscular and you were vegetarian, people thought it would, they thought it was impossible. They thought you couldn't, you needed to eat meat to have muscles. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think it's important to to try and break that that paradigm, which is yeah, which yeah, is definitely. False. Mm-hmm. True. So if you're hard gaining, you're saying you have to really focus on um, eating a lot of calories. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. a lot of hard gainers do do try and do that, but they still struggle. So do you have any tips for hard gainers? Um, for me to to gain a lot of weight, what I was doing was I was eating a lot before I sleep. So um, so your body's actually it's still breaking down that food, but it's not it's not on the go. So um so you'll absorb a lot of that food i don't know this could be definitely bro science i'm not actually highly educated on diets but i found that eating uh in the evening to put on weight was a was a big yes you know so eating like 20 minutes 30 minutes before you go sleep and um you you could you could obviously have mass gainers and stuff like that but realistically you can't beat real food and if you're eating i'd rather you eat uh, more real food than 
well, I say real food because everything's processed in in Tesco, you know. But um, but I know what you mean. yeah, yeah. So uh, I'd rather you have like a a bowl of uh, bowl of a uh, badam or something like that uh, before you go sleep or something instead of having a mass gainer. But obviously, have the mass gainer shakes as well. They're not they're not obviously they got they got a lot of calories in as well. Um, anything else that I could yeah. say? I agree. I, I think you're better off having a smoothie with like almond butter, peanut butter, yeah, yeah. porridge, um, porridge oats, you know, some berries, a banana, uh-huh. some, you know, soya milk or cow's milk. You're better off having that than you are, in my opinion, having a mask in because you've yeah. got uh, vitamins and minerals in their natural, um, mm-hmm. you know, chemical compositions as opposed to synthetic versions, which are yeah, you know, yeah. five times, ten times the price. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there's a, and things work synergistically. So when you have a when you have a, a blueberry, for example, there's lots of compounds in the blueberry that work, but they they don't necessarily work in isolation. It's when you have that food as a whole that it's most potent. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, like so, yeah, um, I think the closer you can get back to the source. Mm-hmm. Like my dad, he he wouldn't ever buy mascainer. We'd never buy mascainers. We always go with uh, whey isolate, and then mixing oats with it and he, he once i was like oh, okay let's get some mass gain i need to get bigger this was uh like 2017 uh 17 and he was <laughs> he got the way isolate put two scoops of oats in shook it and said there you go there's your mass gainer you know so that is uh, having oats and way isolate that that would it be your equivalent to a mass gainer you know yeah and if you look at the ingredients of the mass gainer that, you know the primary ingredient. So when you have ingredient list, the, yeah, the major composition of the food will be listed first. Yeah. So yeah. if it says like you know sugar, um, hydrolyzed whey, mm-hmm. oats, then oats are the least in that, and then sugar is the highest. So mm-hmm. if you create, if you make something with your own composition, you will always see with mass gainers they will use things like oats, they will use things um, like whey too. Yeah. So if you can, if you can break that down yourself for for less money. Um, and have less additives and preservatives and mm-hmm. all the other chemicals, and it's, it's a no-brainer. But I guess all of these things take um, time, energy, and, and it's about uh, mental friction as well. If, yeah, someone's, true, if yeah. someone's struggling to cook and make food, and it's easier for them to have a supplement than a protein shake, then it's probably it's better than not having anything. Yeah, if yeah, you're true, trying to yeah. Gain. If you're trying to gain, yeah, yeah. People, on the other side of the spectrum, people are really trying to. Um, I'm thinking about the younger generation, you know, they're mm-hmm. trying to, they've, they've got gynecomastia, like, you know, like, uh, male yeah, breasts yeah, yeah, yeah. and they, they, they got a belly and they really, a lot of vegetarians want to get rid of their belly. They don't want mm-hmm. like a, a gyanny dead and stuff. <laughs> um, so any tips for that? Um, the most results I've seen is when I go into a calorie deficit and I think, uh, a lot of people say, um you don't need to calorie count but i think that's one of the best ways to lose weight in general obviously you're never going to get rid of uh, one specific area in your body so everywhere's gonna kind of shrink so you you never like keep well you can keep a decent amount of your shoulders your arms your chest if you're training and you want to just lose the stomach for example but uh, you are going to lose uh, weight everywhere um and man i've got I, I, i've got high estrogen so like I know that I've got high estrogen because I, I hold a lot of fat quite like uh, around my 
my I got I don't know whether I've got gyno, but like I've got a little bit of it. Like I, I can feel it because I know uh, most of my family have gynecomastia, and like we've got I don't know whether it's genetic or anything like that, but um, a lot of people do have it. I, it's through puberty. I know that, but I never fixed it. You know, like I never. Uh, I was always a person to eat uh, calorie surplus, and I've never. I've never done like I'll, I've never done a cut to that extent where you can see my six pack. I've I've never done that. So uh, for me to give advice on that, it would be pretty silly. But for my recent competition, I had to cut down by four kilos in like two weeks because I I wanted to go into under nineties, which was a stupid thing for me to do, you know. But I was already cutting at the time because uh, from lockdown, I thought, man, I'm a bit too fat at the moment. So. Um, I was already cutting, and I cut from, I think I was like 95 kilo down to 94, and then 93, and then I cut down to like, I think I was like 88.6 at my first comp, so wow. I cut down, yeah, I cut down a lot in, in a short amount of time, but it's not the best way to do, but it was, I was running off like 2,100 calories, which ain't, it's not that bad for my height as well, and my age, so it's not too much so of a you... calorie deficit. So you recommend calorie counting whether you're trying to lose or gain, right? Because with gain, it would be yeah. the same thing. Like, yeah, 100%, 100%, yeah. I think uh, the hard gainers I've spoken to, they, they feel like they're eating a lot and they're not gaining weight. But uh, mm -hmm. with a lot and the vice versa for people trying to lose weight. But I think there, there's a saying in business that what doesn't get monitored doesn't get managed. Yeah, yeah. Unless you objectively know what you're eating, it's, it's, uh, it's easy to fool ourselves and think, well... Especially when it 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 kind of spiked off when because um, I used to play rugby as a as a when I was younger and uh, do you know Tigers Leicester Tigers uh, they had like an academy team do you know Leicester Tigers I don't think wow they, no. they had oh uh, they had an academy team and um, I was I was in that academy team uh, throughout my childhood and then they kind of let me go because. Um, they, they kind of said, we can teach a person how to play rugby, but we can't teach a person how to be big, you know, and strong. So that's where my my thing was. I, I kind of went into the gym after that. And um, not not to kind of say, okay, I'll show you, but, but kind of like I am, I just realized, yeah, I am quite a skinny guy, you know. I was in the middle. I was like skinny fat. Um, so I started lifting and I think, um, my deadlift was, my first deadlift was like in 2016. Um, I think I was, yeah, just turned 16 and I think I deadlift like 160. So 
off the bat, wow. I, yeah, off the bat, I was kind of, uh, maybe my numbers are wrong. Maybe it was 140 on my first deadlift session. And then um, in September 2016, I, I, I remember posting me doing 160. So off the bat, I was kind of like gifted in the deadlift. And I was like, whoa, what? That shouldn't work because obviously now I've researched it and my arms are small. Like I've got short, stocky arms. So I'm thinking how... How am I managed to deadlift that? I should be a good bencher, but I'm not. Um, so it's kind of weird. I think it's to do with my glutes and my hamstrings. I've got very uh, strong glutes and hamstrings. Uh, but my squat's always been the weakest out of the th uh, three lifts. Uh, the goal setting came from, I don't know. I don't know, to be honest. I've always, I've always had that gym bro thing of, okay, bench two plates, bench three plates, squat four plates. Uh, deadlift five plates. So originally it was uh, deadlift five plates, squat four plates, um, bench three plates, which is stupid because bench is my weakest. So I'm still not at the bench three plates yet, but I'm right around the corner. So that's coming soon. Um, but and then it would be the next one would be deadlift um, five and a half, uh, then squat four and a half. And bench three and a half, which is ridiculous because 160 is a ridiculous bench for me. Uh, and and uh, a 200 uh, squat is kind of out there reaching. But I, I know I can I can reach that, you know. Um, it's it's all a numbers game, really, powerlifting. You just got to, like, your percentages and training and everything. It's all to do with numbers. And I, I kind of like that in a, in a way, you know, to <laughs> to look at what I was doing back then. And then hopefully, I, I really want to get a uh, six place on the deadlift, a 260 deadlift, because then that means I would have started at 160, and I would have, I would have, I would be at uh, 100 kilos more on my deadlift than when I first started. You know, so that's kind of a, a thing I really want to do, uh, and uh, aesthetically it looks good as well. You know, <laughs> to have yeah, six uh, kilos on the I think deadlift. it's amazing. I I think my um, I don't think my PB is 160, uh, and that's after. Years of training. Yeah, so yeah. So it's amazing. But everyone's obviously on a different level. Like there's way there's people way stronger than me as well, you know. Uh, so that's where I draw my inspiration mainly from uh, Sikhi, so Bandar Singh Bahadur and uh, Baba Deep Singh. They're they're probably the one and two that I draw the most inspiration from. And just just like you couldn't fathom how strong they could have been. And this is like with no. PD use, you know, and like literally eating, um, like from wilderness, you know. So, and we've got all these luxuries now, and how can we not be? How can we not be the strongest we we possibly can be? You know, uh, it's kind of like I don't know. That's that's why I think I think everything should have a certain amount of uh, sports qualities in his uh, in his. Uh, daily lifestyle you know so if a guy can run for a distance of time that's that's just as good as somebody who can deadlift a certain amount you know so um yeah yeah everyone's think, on a different um, path you know i think it's uh, quite shameful when you know as things we can't even get up the stairs without getting out of breath or, or we can't <laughs> yeah. even uh, yeah you know like when our wives can be more press-ups than us or yeah, or, yeah. i think we uh we we should have a basic level of, of health and fitness. Mm -hmm, definitely, yeah. Even if it's just to pre prevent illness, like 
heart attacks, diabetes, yeah, true, yeah, knee yeah. arthritis, back pain. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not doing any exercise and you're you're sitting all day, you're going to get health issues. Yeah, definitely. And taking taking lifted too far could also have negative side effects. You know, so like if you're if you're pushing yourself too much, then your body's going to tell you that you're pushing yourself too much, and eventually you're going to either have to take time off, or if you're going to push through that, you're you have permanent injury, you know? So, uh, as you said, arthritis, I feel like I've got arthritis now, you know, uh, at my age, in you know, 21, I feel like my knees are clicking and like my wrists are clicking and stuff like that. But that's part of, that's part of the, the game really. I, I know that, um, to, to be a power lifter for a certain amount of time, if you're doing it right, you, you'll be okay. If you're doing it wrong, it's going to, you're going to be out of the sport within like three years that like literally you won't, you won't be able to compete for more than three years without, if you're doing everything wrong, you know, it'll break, it'll break you just trying to get strong with having the bad techniques, you know? So, um, but yeah, I Which totally agree. Techniques from? Technique. Um, I think it was self-taught, not, um, I can't say completely self-taught because, uh, my dad had a training partner, um, and he, he was like a big guy. Um, well, when I was younger, he was a big guy. Now he's he's stopped training because he's had a kid, but uh, so he's not as big as me. Well, he's he's still probably genetically, he's still probably way bigger than me. But um, he he taught us uh, quite a lot, uh, and I'll say online. So it would have to be um, uh, Larry Larry Wheels. Uh, his videos are good. Um, Elite FTS. Do you know about them? They're uh, they're a good podcast. Um, so they do podcasts as well. I just listen to that in my spare time. So they teach you a lot about um, loads of things. There's there's loads of things on YouTube because I, I I like watching YouTube. Then I then I do I do read some articles and stuff and programs and stuff like that. But um, mainly it's YouTube because I I learn from listening or or seeing. You know. But um, that's yeah, where I learned most of my I'll link to those in the description box. Yeah. So uh, if anyone wants to check oh, yeah, those yeah, out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. And and your content's really good as well. I've, I've been enjoying your content. Um, <laughs> Thank you. But, as well, so but the YouTube content that. that I've posted, when I was a kid, I used to think that was right. And now that I look at them videos of me giving advice then, I, I, I kind of, I don't regret it, but I think... God, that guy doesn't know that much, you know? Uh, and that's always going to change. Like, maybe I'll listen to his podcast and be like, man, that guy didn't know what, what he was on about, you know? <laughs> so uh, it's always going to it's always going to yeah, change, you know? You're always going to get more knowledge. Uh, an evolution. I mean, we're going to be changing for as long as we're alive. And, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's nice to have those timestamps and look back at, okay, before I had kids, before I was married, this mm-hmm. is what my mindset was, this is what my lifts where this is where I'm yeah, at yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, to see how that progresses and, and I feel like everyone's on their own individual journey as long as mm-hmm. you're progressing on your journey in yeah, whatever shape that may be emotionally, physically, spiritually then you know it's, it's all good. Um, mm-hmm. um, how do you get away from like ego lifting and you know like uh, anyone who's trained for a while has obviously done it sensibly otherwise they pro- probably would have gone for a month and curl up from this so yeah, um yeah. how do you how do you get away from that whole ego lifting and you know there's another guy in the gym and you want to 
lift more than he does and all that kind of stuff? Um, I, I suppose ego lifting is ego lifting is like I, I don't really know I, I, I've done it you know and in the gym everyone is probably gone through a phase of ego lifting you know um, just when they you need that person by your side to say okay don't do that because uh, if you don't have that then then you are gonna because of like testosterone you're gonna try and lift more than the guy next to you especially if you're at similar levels now if there's a guy benching four plates and you're you're sat there with your two plates you're not going to try and challenge that and try and ego lift and lift more um but doing stuff recently i'd say a lot more people are trying to ego lift to show something for the internet you know so uh you can't really get away from ego lifting i suppose it's it depends how bad it is. Like if you're ego lifting every session and the form's terrible, uh, you're going to, you're going to break yourself. Definitely. Um, to get away from that, I think eventually you'll learn, you'll learn not to do, do stupid things, you know, and, uh, you'll kind of manage yourself a lot better. Uh, cause I've, I, I, I I've been a victim of ego lifting definitely. Cause I, I would look at my, previous videos and be like yeah that guy that guy's just yanking it up because he like i don't know he's just trying to be as trying to be as strong as he can but he doesn't know nothing about taking like this much rest because um on deadlifts I, I used to only take a week off but now i take 10 days off because i know my body needs more than a week a week rest at each each session because i don't know whether it's because of the load that i'm taking but um but yeah, you 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 definitely learn. Um, but to have somebody there to tell you don't don't lift that or calm down a little bit here, um, or even the opposite to push you a lot more, it's it's very good to have a training partner. I, I would say that's the number one thing. But training on your own, it depends what type of personality you've got, you know. But eventually, you I think eventually you'll get bored of ego lifting. But yeah, and maybe with, maybe with social media. Social yeah. media is a bit of a a it's a bit of a fire, right? You can either mm. use it for warmth or it can burn you. Yeah, and yeah. I think there's there's people who've been lifting fake weights, like there's uh, Athlete Next. He he got out yeah called for, out for um, that. Even Larry has yeah. yeah. Um, so it's clearly a it's a big thing, right? People want to show yeah, Brad a lot Cassidy of weights on the bar. And... <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So that's a new phenomenon, right? Because when I was a, a child, mm -hmm. when I was your age, even yeah. th there wasn't there wasn't social media, there wasn't like, this this kind of stuff. It wasn't predominant. There wasn't any of this stuff happening. You just trained by yourself. No one knew about it yeah, unless yeah. you went for a competition. Um, yeah, so true. I think th there's a lot there's a lot more challenges now to to not ego lift because. Potentially, everyone's watching what you're doing. You've yeah, true. Yeah. People spending more time taking selfies in the gym mm -hmm. than they have than they have training in some. Yeah, some yeah, true. Way, shape, or form sometimes. Yeah, like yeah. when I'm in the gym, I expose that every time he's on his phone. I'll put it on my story because uh, sometimes he just sits there because there's like there's free Wi-Fi, so he takes he takes advantage of it. So he's like sat there playing uh playing his game or whatever. Like you know what I mean? And I'll I'll expose him for that because. 
um, it is okay to go on your phone. That's no problem. But to be sat on your phone for uh, like ten minutes on each exercise, you're not you're not training hard, are you? You you just like just going there for I don't know. You can still make decent. Actually, no, you probably can't make decent progress. You probably make you probably maintain if you're just training like that. You know, you probably won't yeah. rip no ten. I, or I have to admit. I have to admit, when I'm doing like, long runs, or long cardio sessions on the treadmill, yeah, I will put like a Netflix series on sometimes, and I can I can vouch for um, the fact that you don't perform as well as you would if you were focusing on what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it definitely does have an impact. What's it like watch... training with your dad? Um, do you know? It's kind of a a thing where. Back in the day, it used to be, oh, I want to get as strong as my dad in it, like try and try and lift as much as he he can. Because when he he started training late, so he was um, he was a diabetic. Well, he is a diabetic now as well. So he was like a hundred and I think it was like one hundred and twenty five kilos in body weight, like just fat, really fat. Um, so throughout my childhood, he's been he's I've seen him as that. And then he, he did a cut and this guy, like Desi style cut, like put a, put a high vis jacket on, just run on the treadmill um, and just like diet. And he dropped, he dropped a lot of weight. He went from 120 down to like 70 kilos, 72 kilos. I was like, what? And he, and he's got the oh, skin. He's got, yeah, yeah. He's got the skin to show, you know, he's got all the, the excess skin. So, um, so when he was that body weight, we, we both joined the gym. And so he's, uh, I think he's been training for six years. So his uh, early 40s, he started training. Uh, so he was way stronger than me in the bench and the squat. Uh, but the deadlift, I've always outdone him, which he, he, he kind of, um, he kind of knows that I'm a strong deadlifter, but I've always, it's kind of like when we step into the gym, it's, um, it's training partners. It's not father, son. And he's always taught me that way that you can tell me to get another rep or, or to do this and do this properly. And why, why are you joking about, you know, get, get serious. And then he would do the same to me. And then as soon as we're out of the gym, it's kind of like, okay, don't talk to me like that no more, you know? So, um, so it's kind of, he's, he's definitely a really good training partner. Um, and I, I'll give him credit. He is, He's slacking off a little bit, but he he used to be on it a lot more. I don't know, I don't know why, because he he recently got uh, COVID, so he's 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 lost quite a decent amount of strength, you know. So um, uh, it's I've, I've kind of caught I've I've definitely caught him up and went past him, but it was he was up here, um, and I was creeping up because I was only fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. 18 and then 19 we were kind of like same level both benching near enough the same weight um and then i started to creep above him and he's always he's always trying to like say come on i gotta trade i gotta be at least the same level but it's obviously gonna he's obviously gonna start decreasing as you said that uh, i think i've read that you put you lose one percent of your strength every year since your 30s or something like that um yeah so obviously he's not no Mike O'Hearn or whatever it is, <laughs> um, but yeah. So he's probably the best training partner I've had, and he probably will still be my training partner for a very long time. 
maybe there's room for a third person, but I don't know. He, uh, yeah, he's totally. It's really, as a father, it's kind of like the dream when your son trains with you and you have that kind of relationship and, and friendship. Mm -hmm. Do you yeah, have yeah. any tips to, for dads um, out okay. there like me? Yeah, um, yeah, so. Um, for having that relationship? So he told me, uh, he told me that his friend said to him, um, when your son reaches around, around 16, try and treat him like, uh, like your younger brother, one of your friends, you know, um, instead of treating him like your son all the time, relax up a little bit, you know, and then when he gets to 18, then, then treat him like your, your friend, because then that's how you're going to build that bond that you can be more open with the person, you know, so don't always keep him. Obviously there's comes a time where you need to, if you need to discipline your child, even it doesn't matter whether they're, they're 30 years old or whether they're 15 years old, you know? So there's always a time where you got to tell your son, okay, you can't do that, you know? But, um, but yeah, that was a, one piece of advice that he took on when he was younger. Cause, um, through, through my childhood, he was, he was always at work. So, um, he kind of didn't, um, didn't really spend that much time with me, but as soon as, um, soon as like, I don't know, I don't know when the point was, but he just started, uh, connecting a lot more with me, you know, cause it, you kind of, uh, dads, they, that they, they kind of bring up their children. And then as soon as they turn a certain age, they say, okay, that's it. I've done my job, you know, but it shouldn't be like that. You should always be involved and, um, I, th I think we've got a lot more in common than we thought we would, you know, and he's always, he's always taken up my, um, obviously my best interest, but also my interest, you know? So like if I was, and I would do the same for him. So he, he, um, knew how to renovate houses. So I, I was like, okay, I'll do it with you. And then same for him. Okay. You want to start this, uh, Jim Singh page. Okay. I'll do it with you. I'll record your videos. You know, I'll record them with you. Uh, you want to do your competition. Okay. I'll come with you and do that. You know? So it's always been a, uh, a thing that he would never like stop me from doing something that I really want to do. Um, so I'll give him, I'll give him that. He's a, he's a top tier. That's, that's a uh, really sweet. Um, yeah. What one piece of advice would you give to to someone. The tagline of this show is inspiring the next generation. So if you could give one piece of advice to another individual, what would it be? Um, for, for the youth, uh, you talking gym related or just in general? Anything you want. Um, oh, you hit me with a hard question here. Uh, I'll say. You probably... can take your time because it will be. I can edit out the, the pause. Yeah. So okay. If you want a minute to think about it, that's absolutely fine. Yeah, I'll probably say if, you, if you've got something in mind that you want to do, just do it, you know? Just go for it because you don't actually, you don't know obviously how, how much time you've got. And uh, if, you've, if you really want to achieve something, you've got to get a crack on and start doing it because... Um, you're going to have hurdles and if if you go go for it you got to give it 100 percent. and if something crops up or pops up and it stops you from doing what 
you wanted to do, then you got to accept that, you know, it's what God's put in line for you. But at least you gave it a go. Like, you know what I mean? You, you, you let's say you were trying to, um, let's say you're trying to, I don't know, sell, what have I got here? Sell like some deep heat. I don't know. I just got it here. Let's say you're trying to sell that. You're trying to make enough money um, and you want to get a million pounds. Um, if you, if you focus hundred percent and strive towards that, maybe in the first year you might make a thousand pound in the second year, you might make, let's say you make 5,000 pound. Um, at least you're closer to that million than you was sitting on the sofa before thinking about, okay, I want to do this, you know? So at least you're one step uh, closer. Maybe you made your first 10,000 pound and then all of a sudden, oh my God, my suppliers, uh, not giving me what I need anymore and something's happened, uh, at least you gave it a go and you'll, you'll, uh, you'll die knowing that you, you tried in it. You, yeah. I'll say that's the biggest that's advice. Amazing. And yeah. where can people connect with you? Um, I'm always li uh, active on social media. So, uh, Instagram is the number one and I'll say, uh, I don't go on Snapchat, uh, Twitter. I don't go on. Uh, probably just Instagram, really. Yeah, Instagram and YouTube. But uh, it's been a pleasure Perfect. being on being on this podcast. Yeah, it's a, it's it's been a really nice conversation. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, I, really, yeah, I really appreciate your time. I know you've just come back from working all night, so yeah. it's, it's very much. Um, no, no worries, man. Very much. Uh, make sure you guys you so subscribe. Make sure you hit the like button. You know, we want to get 10k on this channel easy. I can see it going Thanks. that way. You know, these podcasts are brilliant, 100% like, uh, you're doing something amazing.